It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through right now, it. Right the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. We had a good one, uh, a busy show today, in fact, coming up in the uh, third half of our three-hour tour. We're going to talk with uh, Trudy Truitt um, from uh, National Geographic Kids about uh, the latest installment of the uh, Explorer Academy series, The Dragon's Blood, and then straddling the second and, uh, and third hour leading up to uh, that interview, we're going to talk with New York Times bestseller and award-winning author uh, Kwame Mbalia about the third um, and uh, final book in the uh, Tristan Strong trilogy called Tristan Strong Keeps Punching. In the second hour, we kick it off with... Uh, uh, let's see intuitive medium tina zion and uh, she has a new book called be your own medical intuitive but we start out this morning with um, an educator psychologist and award-winning author of numerous books including his newest which comes out on october 19th 2021 just a little less than two weeks away. Alex J. Packer, Ph.D., is my guest this hour, and he joins me by phone. Hi, Alex. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Tom. It's a pleasure to be with you. Um, 
I didn't mention the name of the book, and and I and I want to make sure to to do that. It's called Slaying Digital Dragons: Tips and Tools for Protecting Your Body, Brain, Psyche, and Thumbs from the Digital Dark Side. I have to laugh at that thumbs because I've never been able to do that to to really type with my thumbs. But um, Alex, the first thing is. This book is is really designed at younger readers, um, uh, or or targeted to younger readers, teens in particular. Um, how do you expect to get them to read something longer than forty five characters? <laughs> well, I, I I think they will because you know phones and digital devices. This is like a teen's significant other and they care about these so much and I think teens understand how powerful the internet is and these devices and I think they are open to hearing more about how big tech is manipulating them deceiving them trying to addict them to these platforms you know when you survey kids between 40 and 50 percent say that they feel addicted to their phones. And nine out of ten teens believe that screen time is a problem for their peers. They recognize that companies are trying to manipulate them to spend more time on their devices. Many teens wish they could sometimes unplug from their phones. So I think they are open to, to hearing what's going on there. Teens don't like to be manipulated. So I figured I wanted to write directly to younger people and provide them with the self-awareness and the uh, motivation and the skills so that they can take charge of their digital life. Well, let's... let's pull that apart a little bit and talk about first addiction um here let here this last week uh facebook was offline globally for about six hours and you'd have thought that the earth stopped rotating on its axis and and i'm going to be 65 next month and i felt the void so i can't even begin to imagine what people who are walking around with mobile devices and you know plugged in all the time what what they're thinking but i but i wonder alex when you talk about awareness i i wonder if some of these young people um today have any sense of life other than what they've always known this technology has been there for most of their lives. And I talk about this a lot with people about privacy, you know, whether or not they even understand what privacy means because they've always lived their lives on social media. Right. Well, both you and I were born BCE before <laughs> cell phones emerged. So we have a sense of a before and after. But as you say, teens don't. 
they never made a conscious choice about these devices. It's always been a part of their lives. You know, we adults tend to think in terms of online life and real life. Well, teens don't make that distinction. Their devices and what they do online is their real life. And I think what the Facebook outage shows is we are now in the clutches of big tech. I mean, never in the history of humanity has a handful of corporations and a suite of technologies hijacked our existence. I mean, basically, there isn't an area of human life anymore that doesn't have a digital doppelganger. And I think when Facebook goes out, or if, say, the entire Internet went out <laughs> for six hours, it would be earth-shattering to people, and it would help them realize how dependent we have become on these devices. And the pandemic has only made that worse. Yes, the pandemic is sort of a double-edged sword. I mean, on the one hand, it was life-saving for people. So many people could continue to work. Kids could go to uh, school remotely. People could get information. They could uh, chat with their friends and relatives uh, that they couldn't visit face-to-face. -face. So, you know, I'm always <laughs> willing to recognize the miraculous, powerful uh, aspects of the digital world. But at the same time, uh, the pandemic, I think, may have shown people how compelling this world is and how living your life through a tiny screen for hours and hours a day that that can harm your, well, your body and your brain and your psyche and your relationships and your privacy. So, you know, we, we need to, I believe at this point, we need to focus on the digital dark side, but that doesn't mean we can't acknowledge all the positive uh, benefits it brings to our lives. Alex, do you think that uh, the... the uh that telephones and, and radio and television paved the way? Um, I think they're different. You know, any new technology is bound to have a pushback, you know, and there are many people who say, look, adolescents, you know, they're full of obsessions and you know, they used to spend hours a day listening to rock music and collecting comic books or tying up the landline. But I think what is so different about uh, the digital technology is that it is controlling you. It's manipulating you. These companies are stalking you, tracking you, keeping track of every single thing you do online, and they are seeking for profit to predict and control your behavior. So a, a kid who spent hours a day shooting hoops, 
you know, 30 years ago, or uh, watch too much TV, that didn't have the same grip on their psyche, their emotions. Uh, it didn't have the same potential negative impact on their physical health or on their brain's development. I saw a great comic strip, Alex, that showed uh, a, a, a young boy uh, playing video games um, sitting on the couch, you know, with his laptop or something on the uh, on the coffee table. And his mother comes in and says, I told you to go outside and play. And the next frame shows the window from the living room with the kid standing there and his laptop on the windowsill playing his video game. <laughs> well, that's too true for comfort. It, well, it does kind of, it does kind of uh, bring into specific relief just how connected people feel well, to, to I, these online activities. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel sad when I'm in a public space, maybe on a, a bus or a subway or in an airport waiting lounge, and you look around you and everybody is buried in their phone. And, <laughs> Everybody's uh, looking Sher down at that mobile device. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And Sherry Turkle, who's, you know, an icon in this area, she coined the term alone together. And I think that's where we are as a culture these days. We can be physically together, but in so many ways we're now alone. I, I, um, I want to get into that a little bit, um, this, this idea of how big tech um, manipulates us. But I also want to make sure we get a chance to talk a little bit about, the, um, uh, 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 about how we can break that cycle of addiction. What kinds of things can, um, can we do? And I, we have a break coming up here in about a minute. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can dig down some more? Absolutely. Great. My guest is uh, Alex Packer. He is the author of Slaying Digital Dragons, Tips and Tools for Protecting Your Body, Brain, Psyche, and Thumbs from the Digital Dark Side. And, um, Alex, I'll, t I'll tell you a quick story about, uh, about my daughter. Um, she... She was visiting me, and she had, I, I think there was a movie playing on television. She was watching a YouTube video on her uh, laptop and texting with a friend on her mobile device. And I, I said to her, are, are you keeping up with all of these things that are going on? And she said, oh, yeah, Dad, I'm really good at... Uh, uh, multitasking and I said but is any one of those things getting a hundred percent of your attention <laughs> and she just gave me kind of a blank stare <laughs> and said well no not really yeah multitasking is a myth it, you really it, can't multitask you know you can sing in the shower you can eat popcorn while watching a movie but you can't concentrate on more than one thing at 
at the time. Well, I'm hoping people will concentrate on this, and we'll be Hello right back. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Dr. Comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. 
where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, we continue now with my conversation with uh, educator and psychologist and author of uh, a new book called Slaying Digital Dragons, Tips and Tools for Protecting Your Body, Brain, Psyche, and Thumbs from the Digital Dark Side. His name is Alex J. Packer, Ph.D. He joins me by phone. Alex, welcome back, and thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. It's my pleasure. Um. Let's talk about the uh, the digital dark side. You you mentioned in the last segment that that big tech is manipulating people. How are they doing that? Well, they're very sophisticated in their methods. They use uh, human nature, and they use their deep understanding of neurology, how the brain works. Um, you know. All of us want to be uh, loved, approved of, we want to connect with people, and big tech uses those normal uh, desires, you know, to bond, to belong, to have friends, to receive praise, they use that to ensnare us. Now, you see this especially on social media, where the whole system of likes and shares. It's like a never-ending report card for people because you put something up there and you see how people react to it. And this forces a lot of teens to create this artificial uh, persona online. You know, it's not who they are, it's not what they care about, it's what they think will get the most uh, likes or views. Uh, Big Tech also knows the importance of rewards. And if you look at many platforms, video games and social media platforms, you can see how they give you, they're called like intermittent variable rewards. And you never know when you're going to get one. So you keep checking back and checking back. Did you get more likes? You know, has somebody commented? And these sophisticated aspects of, uh, uh, you know, understanding human nature and psychology are the, the tools they use. They also know you personally from tracking you. So they will know what's going to get your attention, what's going to keep you engaged on the site, what colors or sounds are going to do that, uh, when you might be most depressed during the week, when you're most likely to buy something. So they put all that together, and that is a mechanism of their uh, manipulation. Did we get a, a, a decent glimpse into the digital dark side from... Uh Francis Hogan, the uh, former Facebook product manager who testified this last week uh, to uh, the Congress uh, Commerce Subcommittee about Facebook. 
Absolutely. What she has done, which perhaps, and as we look back, it may be a turning point, she provided the proof, the documents, the smoking guns. Um, I think what she said about Facebook, and it's not just Facebook, it's many of these similar sites, I don't think that took any of us by surprise, who have been, uh, those of us who have been following uh, the digital world and how it affects people and society and culture, politics. But she came with the goods. Well, and she, and she helped. It more real. And, and because of that, she brought a, credi- a, a credible definition and articulation of something that everybody already suspected. And that that's causing, of course, people in Washington uh, to talk about uh, whether or not there should be some sort of regulations established to, to address uh, the Internet and, in particular, social media. Uh, Facebook, of course, uh, as, as any platform would do, went on the defensive and, and argued that they're capable of policing themselves. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Can government regulate? the internet or is it too late to put the toothpaste back in the tube you know i think both are true (laughs) Um, (laughs) now you sound like an economist alex on the one hand and on the other hand yeah yeah you know i i think it's an incredibly complex arena and there are so many issues involved here having to do with Uh, fundamental rights and privacy and uh, the First Amendment and, uh, you know, how much government should be involved in regulating private industries. But I think the evidence is so overwhelming that uh, the digital world is having a negative impact on our lives and our societies. And I do think we need to consider Uh, legislating a fundamental right to privacy for people so that uh, the default is privacy. And if for whatever reasons you want to allow uh, big tech to track and monitor you and seize your data and monetize it, well, you have to opt into that. I think we need to consider getting rid of some of the addictive lures on platforms, Uh, you know, just things as simple as autoplay uh, or, you know, all the recommendations or all the bottomless lists. You can't get to the end of a page. There's always another video they're suggesting you watch. Um, And I think we need to look at these algorithms that are feeding people more and more uh, divisive and emotionally arousing content. I mean, that is one of the things that's, you know, quite established by now. So I think we're, we're going to have a period where this is going to be looked at. Maybe there will be some changes. Maybe, like many things, it's just going to fade away after a few no- months and nothing much will happen. And frankly, that's why... I'm focusing on teens themselves. 
you know, because right now the best tool we have, the best offense and the best defense is to show teams what's going on, how big tech is manipulating them, what the possible negative consequences might be, and to give them tools, as I do in the book, so that they can assess their screen scene, understand what's happening to them, recognize warning signs of possible uh, problematic uh, online activities, and then in a process I call giving yourself an app endectomy, they can reset their digital life. I, I like that. Um, is 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 there a tried and true method of um, weaning internet addicts away from it? Uh, no. I mean, I know, I know families, for example, have tried to establish, you know, no technology at the dinner table rules. And, you know, a, a lot of places, I, I've even seen signs on businesses will be happy to conduct your business uh, when you finish your phone call. Um, you know, I've, I've seen people trying to, you know, sort of curb the manners surrounding the use of technology and and that idea you brought up in the last segment uh, about being alone together. Right, right. Well, here's the thing. I think most parents tend to think of their kids' screen life in terms of how much time they're on a screen. And, you know, some parents think it's too much, other parents think it's way too much. And if parents are just focusing on trying to control the amount of time, I think that's a lost cause. It, it turns the child's digital life into a power struggle with the parent. And instead, I think it should be a partnership with the parent. I think families should look at their digital life as a family. And, you know, there are certainly many, many tools that uh, a family can apply, that a teenager can apply. I mean, just something as simple as scheduling brief fasts in your uh, online life. And, you know, it could simply be uh, for an hour after dinner, you don't use your phone. Um, I think it all begins with kids being mindful of what they're doing. And I think many kids simply have never questioned the time they spend online. And I think that's, that's the starting point. And so parents need to get into discussions with their kids about the digital world. Uh, you can ask your, your child questions, you know, what, what sites do you go to? Which do you like the most? How do you feel after you've been on social media for a few hours? Um, if you have a very resident or secretive child, you can ask questions in terms of their friends or their classmates. Um, and I think by coming at the issues without 
preaching or moralizing or seeking to take control. I think that's where breaking a cycle of problematic use or addiction uh, begins. I, I'm fascinated by this this idea that you mentioned, Alex, about getting the family involved in some internet activity together, uh, and and it reminded me of, you know, a hundred years ago, people, you know, families sitting around the radio, or a few years later, Sunday night with Ed Sullivan and the whole family watched those shows. Uh, together and and now as we've evolved into this digital world everything has become so divided there's there's a channel for everything on cable there's you know on the internet it it has even exploded beyond that and um and and i just wonder um how how kids and or their parents can actually initiate something that the whole family can participate in and enjoy. Because, you know, as you point out, um, you know, big tech has gotten so good at, at going after individuals and their individual experiences. Right. Well, you know, there's an irony that... You may use digital tools to reduce your use online. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that wasn't you, wasted on me, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, there are wonderful uh, sites for meditation, for example, uh, for you know finding serene moments, for carving out uh, a breath of peace and calm. Now, perhaps the entire family does that. Uh, I think families can also schedule phone fasts. Uh, how about, you know, activities where you, you go for an outing or you do an activity and you don't bring phones along. And this, of course, means parents have to play by those same rules. I mean, let's not forget many parents of teenagers are themselves totally hooked on their phones and can't be without it for three seconds. Well, my significant other teased me uh, badly and, and outed me, in fact, with pictures on uh, Facebook of me on a camping trip with a folding table set up in the tent with my laptop and my cell phone. He said, Tom, Tom's in his office. <laughs> right, right. And so I understand, you know, the desire to stay connected or, you know, to take work with you. But, but we do it all the time now. There's no place we don't go where we can't check in or, or um, follow up on some work-related item. And, and that's the adult's. Right, it stalks us now. You know, it used to be if you left the office at 5 p.m., you had the rest of the day and the night off. And now you may have a boss who sends you emails at 10, 10 in the evening, and expect to have answers on his desk by 8 a.m. You know, it's just 
taken over existence. Uh, you, you can go to a museum, you know, you go look at the Mona and people walking by it, they're not looking at it. They're just posing with, to get the selfie. And I think so much of our experience now is being filtered through our digital lives. You know, I say to kids, post to share your life, but don't let posting become your life. And there's a big difference there. And I spend a lot of time on the book talking about the warning signs so kids can recognize if, you know, if, if a child is forgetful or disorganized, can't remember things, can't set or finish goals, if they're distracted, that could be a function of the constant assault their brain is receiving from the nature of the visual and auditory stimuli that's coming at them nonstop for nine, ten hours a day on their phones. So, you know, in areas such as their, their relationships and their emotions and even their body, they can begin to recognize things and, and they might think, gee, maybe that is related to how much time on the, I'm on the phone or to the types of things I'm doing, because I think that's another important point to get across. It's not necessarily just how much time you're spending. It's what are you doing online with that time? Are you learning and growing? Are you creating? Are you vegetating? Are you going to toxic sites that make you feel uncool and terrible and insecure? Or are you enhancing your life from your time on a screen? Um. I wanted to mention, just because this was the first I heard of it when I found out about you and this book coming out this month, um, but uh, one of your previous books um, is something I've been talking to people about for years. Um, your book called How Rude, The Teen Guide to Good Manners, Proper Behavior, and Not Grossing People Out. Um, kudos for writing that book. Um because it seems to me that there is a just a complete lack of respect self-respect and respect for others and not just in young people um, that that needs some attention absolutely um, I wrote the original How Rude almost 25 years ago <laughs> for the very reasons you're talking about. You know, I realize folks are so rude, they're not teaching good manners to kids, so I'm going straight to the kids and show them how good manners will, will benefit them in their lives and relationships. And then about five years ago, I had to update the entire book because when I wrote the original one, there weren't smartphones, there wasn't social media, um, and, you know, any new technology introduces whole new ways for people to be rude. So it was important to update it with, you know, Twitter and Facebook and emails and uh, all the sorts of things people are now doing on their devices. I, am, uh, 
am I a bad person for uh, <laughs> deriving guilty pleasure when I see someone texting uh, on their, their mobile device walk into a glass door? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're guilty, so am I. <laughs> uh, but, but actually, that's kind of a metaphor for this whole thing. You know, get your head out of the device and, you know, address people directly, interact with people directly, interact with yes. life directly. Yes. In a recent survey, and this is a shocking finding, but the number one preferred method for teens for communicating is texting. Not face-to-face -face with their friends, but texting. And, you know, I found that shocking. And I think people don't realize, because this is all just snuck up on them, you know, people don't realize the ways in which these technologies have the capability of harming them in terms of their social skills, their cognitive development, their future options, their, their privacy. Um, what we do online is now, it's a brand. And kids are creating a brand that may come back to haunt them in 10, 15, 20 years. Or maybe it'll haunt them when they apply for a job. Well, or, and we've seen it. We've, we've seen it in the news happening to people already. You know, look at what happened to this guy that was going to host Jeopardy. He got bounced out of there because of something he said on social media some years ago, and may not have impacted his performance at all. But yet, he became associated with those comments, and boom, he got canceled. So uh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, you know, the, well, let me let me just say this for the listeners. The name of the book is Slaying Digital Dragons, Tips and Tools for Protecting Your Body, Brain, Psyche, and Thumbs from the Digital Dark Side. And Alex, I can't believe how fast this uh, conversation has gone, but it speaks to how uh, uh, important and timely um, this book is. And uh, I appreciate you spending time with me, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about, about you, about the book, about your work, past, present, and future. Alex, do you have a website? I do. It's easy to remember. It's Alex J. Packer. That's all one word, alexjpacker.com. And the book, uh, is available through Free Spirit Publishing and also through Amazon and pretty much any place where books are sold. Well, Alex, thanks again for spending this time with me and the listeners this morning, and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks for inviting me, Tom. It's been a pleasure. All right. Take care. Again, Alex J. Packer is an educator, psychologist, and award-winning author of numerous books for parents and teenagers, including his uh, newest book scheduled to be released on October 19th, 2021. That's just less than a couple weeks away. Slaying Digital Dragons, Tips and Tools for Protecting Your Body, Brain, Psyche, and Thumbs from the Digital Dark Side. And with that, we'll uh, take a short break. We've got uh, 
our broadcast partners at WFOV 92.1 LPFM. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be back with more right after this. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zondrick. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. W.H. Weiscarver, a recent guest on the show, has pledged 50% of the proceeds from his book Twilight of Empire from sales between October 1st and October 31st to support the Tom Sumner program. W.H. Weiscarver, a former National Security Advisor and counsel for the U.S. Senate Armed Services Committee, pulls no punches, fusing history with political intrigue in Twilight of Empire, the third of four planned novels in the Resurrection Saga series. W.H. Weiscarver, 
Wise Carver's book, Twilight of Empire, shows that the U.S. has all the wealth, science, and resources to solve every issue we face today. Twilight of Empire by W.H. Wise Carver is available on Amazon and Apple Books. For more information and to support the Tom Sumner Program, visit whwisecarver.com. The Tom Sumner Program.com. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. John Henry was a little baby Sitting on his daddy's knee He picked up a hammer and a little piece of steel And said, goo 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 That's not the right verse He was only six months years old Tommy, the real, the ethnic You know the real version When John Henry was a little baby Sitting on his daddy's knee Daddy picked him up, threw him on the floor, said this baby's done wet on me. <laughs> I I I apologize. Oh, I one more chance. One more chance is all you get. See this pin? It says think ethnic. You gotta think ethnic and sing ethnic to ever earn this pin. When John Henry was a little baby Sitting on his daddy's knee He picked up a hammer and a little piece of steel And said this hammer be the death of me, Lord, Lord Hammer be the death of me Yeah, when John Henry was just a little tyke He picked up a piece of steel and a hammer it seemed like he knew all the time, down deep inside, that he was going to work on the railroads. And there was a big story waiting for him to arrive on. Why was a little boy used to go around hammering on things? His daddy bought him a little hammer. Let's go around hammering the tables and hammering the fixtures. We used to get a licking all the time. He'd go up and hammer on the front door. Hammer on the chairs. Yet as John Henry grew, he grew in size, and he grew in stature, and he grew in his mind, his horizons grew. He started going out and got a bigger hammer. Started walking around town hammering things. Hammering trees, people's fences, the fire hydrants. Why John Henry could just go around hitting one fire hydrant with one wop, wop. Yeah. All the dogs in town hated John Henry. <laughs> well, the whole story goes, 
So when he go to full size, he could drive steel on the railroad, drive those spikes in the ground faster than any ten men. People start talking about John Henry. Why he's the fastest man that ever drove steel on the railroad. And the whole story of John Henry really starts the day the captain told John Henry something. John Henry said, tell me something, Captain. <laughs> then the captain said, John Henry, I'm gonna bring me a steam drill round. I'm gonna bring me a steam drill out on the job. I'm gonna pop that steel on down, Lord, Lord, pop that steel on down. Sure enough, next day they had a steam drill out on the job. Big red steam drill, shiny smokestack sticking up in the air. Well, they had old John Henry over there, muscles ripple in the sun, sweat running off in gimlets. Ringlets. Well, the captain, Head of all the railroad workers looked over at that steam drill and smiled. Then he turned over and he looked over at John Henry. Those beady little eyes. He snarled over at John Henry. Hi there, John. <laughs> well, John Henry didn't say nothing. Just spit on his hands, picked up those two nine-pound hammers, walked slowly over towards that steam drill, spit on the steam drill. <laughs> then went over and spit on the captain. <laughs> so it got to be about 12 o'clock starting time for the race. Every railroad man in the county was out there that day because they knew if John Henry lost that race, they were all out of a job. Well, it got to be starting time for the race. John Henry is up there at that starting line. That steam drill was up there at that starting line. Big smokestack sticking right up in the air. A little bit of spit on it. <laughs> well, the captain walked up to the starting line. I swear you could hear a pin drop that day. He took out his pistol and pointed it up in the air. John Henry spit on it. <laughs> Actually, this was about the greatest race in the history of man. The race between a man and a machine. He pointed that pistol up in the air and shot it off. Bang! <laughs> that started that race. Wop! Wop, wop, wop! Wop, 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 w
I'm smart, I thought he could be a steam drill. <laughs> what a thing for crying out loud. John Henry said to the captain, to the captain, by God I ain't no fool. Before I'll die with a hammer in my hand, I'm gonna get me a steam drill too, Lord, Lord. Get me a steam drill too. Get me a steam drill too, Lord, Lord. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Staying here inside It's too dangerous out in the world I'll see you on the other side When I'm in my quarantine In my little place too high My heart is aching and I'm missing you I'll see you on the other side I'll see you on the other side on the other side We're all in for a bumpy ride I'll see you on the other side It's not the same without you here this phone so tight Then I'll whisper you a goodnight kiss I'll see you on the other side When I crawl out of my cage When the world is purified I will find you and I promise this I'll see you on the other side I'll see you on the other side See you on the other side And I'll meet you with arms open wide See you on the other side See you on the other side See you on the other side And I'll meet you with arms open wide See you on the other side
TomSumnerProgram.com The Tom Sumner Program.com You pilots, get off my lawn! We're trying to do a radio show down here! It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on! Go on, get out of here!